0: Welcome, welcome. Yeah, that was my fault. I was uh, trying to look up the other movie, and uh, I wasn't in the room, so I thought I left. Worse. Uh, so, welcome everybody to the B-Team podcast. I am joined again by Mr. Brendan Krauss. Hello. And uh, we are here to do a double feature on two movies with very similar titles or similar alternate titles. Uh The 1980 double feature, City of the Living Dead, the second movie in the Gates of Hell trilogy, and uh, Umberto Lenzi's 1980 Nightmare City, aka City of the Walking Dead. And these were both first-time watches for you, I believe, right? Yes,
1: both 1st I will time. say,
0: as I was looking up the other movie, uh, they have no relation to the Quite possibly worst Christopher Lee movie ever, 1968, I believe, uh, City of the Dead, which not even about zombies. So uh, you had watched The Beyond. We covered The Beyond and we talked a little bit about City of the Living Dead. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that one. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy all three. I think House is easily the worst, but it has way more charm for me because that's just ridiculous. Uh, City of the Living Dead has some great gore and one or two really memorable kills, but overall as a narrative, I just find it to be a lesser version of the beyond. What were your thoughts?
1: Um, I, I would mostly
0: agree with that. Uh,
1: City of the Living Dead, I I enjoyed it. Um, At first, you know, I will say the first, uh, like, 20-ish minutes, I was, like, really not into it at all. It felt like nothing was connected, like, even less so than the beyond. And then it does, you know, as the story progresses, it all comes together for a fairly, for the most part, straightforward narrative. Um, But, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, Like you said, some good kills. Uh, I like the atmosphere it creates. Fulchi is really good at
0: that. Yeah, the atmosphere is great, uh, so to walk everybody through the plot, and I, I forgot to mention last time, uh, all three movies have uh, Catriona McCall, so she's back in this one, she plays a psychic named Mary, yes. and they do this really stupid fake-out where you think she's dead, and then there's a scene where she's being buried alive, and uh, the inspector from Pieces has to break her out of the coffin by almost killing her four times, yes. and so... Yes. Uh, and, and then the movie starts basically but yeah it's about a priest who is a member of this like rogue order of priests who's the leader and uh, he kills himself in a cemetery in what was it Dunwich I and that. uh, that's your you know city of the living dead and uh, basically they have until All Saints Day to stop him so it's not a Halloween movie it's an All Saints Day movie and I don't know if you picked up on this because it took me at least six times watching it to realize you know, Fulci's whole thing with this trilogy was he wanted every movie to end both ambiguously and on a somber note, meaning, you know, the good guys lose. So this one is they have until All Saints Day to stop the zombie priest in his army. And uh, he's also kind of a ghost priest. And if they can do that, then they'll save the world. But if not, basically, it's, you know, dawn of the dead and all the dead will become living or vice versa. Um, there is a scene in this movie where she totally tells the dude driving her everywhere that they should just go and have something to eat because she's hungry. (laughs) Because of that, they don't make it to the place where they have to fight the zombie priest until after midnight on All Saints (laughs) Day.
1: Okay, I was wondering about that because the way the passage of time works in this, I was like, watching the end, I was like, did they do this in time? I don't think they did.
0: They did. (laughs) So that's why you have your ridiculous ending of they killed the priest, or do you think they killed the priest? And then they walk out of the tomb. She's, like, the only one left alive. and um, The kid. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, it, it just... There's a scream, and it, it cuts to black, and that's it. I uh, uh, I
1: watched it with my parents, and both of them were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At that ending.
0: really uh, audience-friendly movie. Um,
1: so no, this one...
0: Really. The the character of Bob, who is played by Giovanni Rambisi, uh, who, if you're not familiar with him, he's an Italian horror actor who is known for just having some of the most insane over-the-top death scenes because he dies in, like, every movie. Um, he's playing Bob, who is, like, a heroin addict slash rapist slash pedophile. <laughs> um, this is supposed to be the grown-up version of Bob from House by the Cemetery. What? How? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's basically fan theory, and you know, Fulgi uh, isn't alive to confirm or deny it. But it's got enough traction that it's basically fan theory turned semi-canon. Okay. Um, but I just I love thinking that that little bastard grew up to be this little bastard. Yeah. Um, his yes. his death scene is phenomenal. Yes, oh, and yeah. then of course probably there's the, the one, one in the be. car, which is uh, probably in the top three of uh, all-time Fulci death scenes. Yeah, that one's great, too. Um... It's followed up by one that I don't like because there's something that happens in supernatural Italian horror movies where they basically want to do a slasher, but you have, like, ghosts and witches and they're not slasher killers. Um, So the girl in the car, like, sees a vision of the priest and like she's immediately dead, like her eyes just start bleeding, and then she just basically throws up all of her internal organs in it. Very long and very detailed graphic scene. Uh, Viewer beware. And then her boyfriend who's in the car next to her gets his brain ripped out by a monster in the backseat. And anytime they do like the monster hand that just comes in and kills people or kills people with like a stabbing weapon, kinda takes me out of it. Cause it's like, why didn't you just use the priest? Why didn't his head explode? You don't need a monster hand. (laughs) But it does violently like pull apart his brain, so that's always fun. Uh, Yeah, this one, a lot of people actually put this as the best of the trilogy above the Beyond. I think just the the score, the characters, the atmosphere, and the scope puts it, you know, beyond. Um, But this one, it's it's fun. You know, it's it's not like when you watch House by the Cemetery, you will be bored. Even if you like it, you know, ironically, like I do, you will be fucking bored for large stretches of it.
1: Yeah, I would definitely put this house by the cemetery. That one, I yeah, it's boring. I don't even think it's like like a so bad. It's good. It's just yeah, it's just pretty boring, I think.
0: Um, Well, well, we can move on to a movie that I'm going to guess you are not bored by. uh, And it is Quentin Tarantino's favorite Italian horror movie. Uh, I can see that. He has a lot of uh, things to say about how it's not a zombie movie. It's an infected movie, which I agree. um, But given the framework of the movie itself, arguments could be made in either direction. Uh, But this is one where, you know, it ramps up, starts going, and literally does not stop until the end. And holy shit. Uh, So this is Umberto Lenzi's Nightmare City, a.k.a. City of the Walking Dead. Your thoughts, sir.
1: Oh, man, I, I freaking love this movie. This this thing was awesome. I, I knew um, you
0: would, and that's why I was pushing for it. Because I was like, oh, we could do a double feature with this other one you've never heard of. And you're like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'm like, trust me, you want to watch this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, like, backstory, I was originally going to watch it a few days ago when you first, like, sent me. And I watched, like, the uh, – because the movie starts with opening credits. Mm-hmm. And they, they looked like pretty cheap I was like oh god what, what am i getting myself into here and <laughs> i I finally watched it yesterday I was like oh I mean yes very cheap but very awesome <laughs> yeah um yeah I mean I agree with tarantino I mean it's weird I didn't like i guess technically it's a zombie film but honestly like I thought this almost is like a almost a sci-fi film in a way
0: oh I have it on my sci-fi list absolutely
1: yeah um lots of uh you can definitely tell this was made in the 80s there's a lot of the uh like cold war paranoia anti mm-hmm. nuclear fears going on especially when uh whenever miller talks to uh his wife um, Oh yeah some of that dialogue's just like so like blatantly on the nose
0: <laughs> so basically you have a uh scientist played by Hugo Stiglitz who is also Tarantino's favorite Italian actor that he even named a character after him in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And um, they find a plane that is full of infected slash zombie people, and they are trying to, you know, quarantine the infection, and, uh, and zombies run amok. And this is known for being quite possibly the first fast zombie movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, these, these are some of the most effective zombies. <laughs> they, they run, they
0: seen. have uh, full Coordinate. thinking capacity, they use weapons and tools, and uh, they might or might not run into a TV station and sexually assault models because it's a Lindsay movie.
1: Yes, uh, the, you know, they need to, what is it, eat blood to because they can't rehydrate themselves. right. Right. And, yeah, you see they kill people, but of course with the uh female characters they have to rip all their clothes off as they uh take the blood.
0: Well, so Lindsay is a on the record back in the day, man's man misogynist, and um my favorite Lindsay story because he always puts like the most beautiful women in his movies, you know, going back to his giallos and then into his eighties movies. Um, he basically walked off the set for one of the movies released as Demons Three because he didn't find the lead attractive enough and she wouldn't take (laughs) her clothes off. So he, he just phoned in the rest of the movie. He's like, I'm not doing it. If I don't fucking care. But like everything else he's ever done has some of the most gorgeous women imaginable. Um, You know, you've got your hard nosed general and he's got his hot young wife. You've got your lead and he's got a hot wife. Um, And then everybody at the TV station is just, you know, way too gorgeous for a zombie outbreak. It's it, like um, something like Living Dead at the mansion, You're just running through, you know, the backwoods of London and you get like actual locals. Um, right. So, yeah, it's one of those, you know, zombies take over a city movie. And uh, the two leads are, are basically just trying to escape. Everybody that they know is badly uh, really infected or turns into zombies themselves. People are, are forced to kill like their friends and their family. Uh, And then the whole thing kind of ends at an amusement park. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, well, how the hell are they going to get out of this? And I'm thinking like, oh, I guess they're not going to. And um, this is actually parodied by The Simpsons. um, The Nightmare on Elm Street episode where the Halloween one where at the end you have Bart, Lisa and Milhouse are like dangling over. I think it's a giant fan. And then, like, Millhouse dies, and they, they turn to each other, like, well, you know, the important characters will survive. And uh, basically, the way that it ends, which makes or breaks it for a lot of people, but for me, I think it's great, and it lives up to the name of Nightmare City. Uh, you find out that the whole thing was just a nightmare, but then we repeat the opening scene, and we're basically led to believe it's all actually going to happen either again, or like it yeah, happened Yeah, that's, that's how I viewed
1: it. Yeah. Um... Speaking of the amusement park, it kind of uh, – it really reminded me a lot of uh, – have you ever played the Left 4 Dead games?
0: Uh, I have not played those. Okay.
1: the There's two of them. The second one, there's a there's a level set at a, a amusement park, and, like, uh, a lot of things reminded me of this movie, especially them running up the uh, roller coaster. I swear mm-hmm. it's, like, the same roller coaster they use. Um, and, yeah, getting rescued and all that just reminded me of that game. Um, but yeah. This... Well, I know it had
0: big influence on the zombie portion of Saints Row Three. Uh, that was this movie and Return of the Living Dead. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, people who are fans of these things definitely take inspiration. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I figured that these two would be, be for Justin. He might have liked Nightmare City, but we put him through a lot lately. I feel yeah. I'm him a break. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Nightmare City is one that I feel like, even if you're not typically hardcore into this stuff, you can enjoy because it, it is—it's relatively fast-paced, lots of you know, action, pers—I guess—quote unquote—and um, just stuff's happening constantly. throughout. there's not much downtime. Um, I, I will say this is a probably one of the most like incompetent governments I ever put to film. Oh man, yeah, these guys—I <laughs> mean—they don't stop anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, in this one. Well, there's I remember when I was listening to the Tarantino and uh, Eli Roth thing, they mentioned that the scene where the uh, I guess the military is explaining how to kill the zombies happens after they already figured it out. And it's just completely redundant. And you basically have a guy come in and explain, like, you know, you have to shoot them in the head or sever the spinal cord. And if you do that, you have to shoot them in the head. But yeah. yeah, it was, uh, you know, 1980, you didn't have a lot of zombie movies outside of like the voodoo th- type zombies. And then, of course, you had your Romero and uh, your Romero knockoff with Fulci. Uh, this was the start of things like Return of the Living Dead, where it's like, you know, well, what if the zombies were from radiation? And you get a shitload of that in um, the 80s with, you know, with, with trauma, class of nuclear high. Um. Obviously, the Return of the Living Dead movies, and then you you just get some off-brand shit that, like, you know, like there's one called uh, Pledge Night about a toxic zombie ghost. That's I love it. It's it's fucking terrible, but goddamn, do I need that one on Blu-ray? Um. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I absolutely love Lindsay. I think he's probably the most underrated of the Italians. And, uh, like almost everything he did was great until he basically gets bored. Mm -hmm. Um, I know vinegar syndrome put out a lot of his early stuff, or no, it was, it was severed they put out the Lindsay Baker set with, uh, Carol Baker for the giallos. Um, this one, I actually got, there's a a very, very small indie company called Rero video. Um, you can find it like a really like just bootleg looking website. Uh, they're unfortunately known for always being out of stock of things now. And I guess it's because they got a little bit more popular, but they do like a 50% off sale every single month. Uh, and they do handcrafted slip covers that look, you know, good. And a lot of people are into that whole thing now. Um, I got it from them and it's like a two disc Blu-ray, Blu-ray and the DVD and the slip cover. And the whole thing was like 25 bucks. It it's totally worth it. Uh, Dead. I'm sure there's probably a someone's
1: released it and in- well, I
0: know Blue Underground did like a Fulci set. Um and it was that. I don't remember what the other two movies were. It was the three-pack, but I think it was only Blu-ray. Um, but every year they're basically doing a re-release of stuff onto you know 4K UHD. Um today, if you're listening to this, it's gonna go up today. We are Uh, about eight hours away from the annual Vinegar Syndrome Black Friday sale. And while they have some really great stuff, I'm going to hit that up. What a lot of people don't know is under the staff picks, uh, they link to other labels, and those things are on sale also. There's only ever, like, an inventory of, like, 20 of those things, you know, per sale. Uh, Like a three-disc of Zombie for, like, 15 bucks. There's some blue underground stuff I'm hitting up tonight. I got to replace my copy of Maniac too. Uh, so basically, anything they've put out, look for it. I know. I think they have Mondo Macabre, uh, Grindhouse releasing, who we cover often, and uh, of course the main Vinegar Syndrome. And then about two weeks from now is the big Severin sale, and uh, they they do some really great shit too. And they've gone hard at putting out Fulci stuff and putting out Jess Franco stuff which we still haven't covered any Jess Franco, but I'm going to put together a list because, man, that is just some off-the-wall shit. Um, And a lot of it is just pretty much porn, so obviously we're not going to watch that, but (laughs) I I can find some stuff that has a plot along with it that uh, we can talk about. Um, But, yeah, that's our City Double feature. Uh, Did you have any other thoughts on it?
1: I would say... City of the Living Dead, I would only recommend if you're, like, typically into these kind of things. Nightmare City, I do think, like, someone who's perhaps more casual
0: could get a lot of fun out of. Yeah, I would say anybody who watched and liked, like, even just the uh, Dawn of the Dead Zack Snyder remake would enjoy this movie. As long as you are okay with it looking cheap and dated.
1: Yeah. Any of the uh life if, if you like the uh typically newer zombie movies that are made today, I feel like you'd probably like Nightmare City. Got the
0: pacing of those. Oh yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, City of the Living Dead, it's like if you're a Fulci fan, you've probably seen it. Um I I guess it's a zombie movie, but not really. It's more like a I mean ghost
1: demon zombie movies.
0: Yeah. And there's occasional monsters and rednecks.
1: Yeah, some good gore. Um I feel like Fulci is definitely one of those guys I feel like acquired tastes, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think like you know, a lot of people use the term style style over substance. And with him, it's like, well, the style is just the kills, and they're usually great, but when it comes to like any kind of narrative, like usually he's not that great with it. And this one especially movie is we have to get to this spot by this date uh spoiler alert they don't make it
1: (laughs) yeah he uh he's definitely a guy who he sees the plot not as the essential part but as the vehicle for him to showcase his directing skills in terms of something like zombie it doesn't
0: matter because you have a girl who's looking for her father and her father was on a tropical island that is full of zombies and the whole movie takes place on the island. So it doesn't matter what happens on the island, you know where you are and what you're going to get with this Mm -hmm. movie. There's like end of the world stakes. And you think that it's going to be like almost like a road movie and it's not. And then there's just so many other characters just fucking around and and doing nonsense. some of them are in the town that they're going to, and some mm -hmm. of them are not. And it's just really hard to follow. Yes, the just don't really get invested in it beyond the gore.
1: The car scene that you mentioned, where um, the priest kills the uh, or I can't remember if he kills both of them. The the two people he he kills
0: the girl, and then like I said, the monster hand comes and rips the guy's head, right?
1: Okay, that's it. Like that scene when you first see them, I was so confused. I was like, wait, who are these people? Have I met them before?
0: Like, so basically, like Bob and everybody lived in the town, which. If your stakes are like this biblical, you know, mystical city, don't have to living there and then keep cutting back to these other people who are like slowly going there. So basically like anybody who was in the city was just subject to the priest could fuck with them and kill them at any time. And then the other characters are going there. Hmm. So like we didn't need to know who any of them were. It's like you have the little kid's family, like the sister gets killed. And like the other thing with this movie is, you know, there's a lot of off screen kills or just ones that seem like phoned in, which is not what Fulci does ever. But like, there's two where he basically like appears with like worms and, and dirt and just like smothers the girl. And like, you don't even see oh, her yeah. die, it he cuts away. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then she shows yeah, that... up as a ghost and like kills her parents off screen. And then like, there's a little brother character. Yeah, there Fulci was a lot of little death. kid characters, which is really fucking bizarre because he usually kills them. But, like, we spend as much time with them as we would in, like, a Godzilla or a Gamera movie. But then instead of the kid being important or being the hero, they just usually die horribly. Yeah.
1: In this one, he's basically absent for most of the movie until the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, City of the Living Dead, like I said, depends on your taste. Nightmare City, I feel like most people will, would enjoy.
0: Well, I mentioned Manhattan Baby to you last time. If you're this kind of blonde city, I'd say you might want to skip it because it is really fucking dry. There's parts of it that are good. It has its charm. But, you know, if you're not like super into Fulci and you're not into like weird shit like uh, I liken it to Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero when he was evil, um, (laughs) you know, you might not enjoy it that, that much. Um, I'll check it out. I would definitely still recommend Enigma, which was his later 80s movie. It's like an exorcist uh, carry ripoff. And um, as far as Lindsay, I mean, I I would recommend almost anything he's ever done. Uh, Nightmare Beach is fucking incredible. And um, he did a lot of like zombie, like witch stuff. There's one called Ghost House, which is a... Uh, Poltergeist ripoff and it's just really fucking creepy and it has its own like evil clown. It's like an evil clown doll and uh, I think it's better than the one in Poltergeist.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: But yeah, I would say look him up. Have, I'll send you my list when I get back upstairs. Um, I think the next thing we're going to do with Justin, he picked two movies. Uh, and, he, picked, uh, uh, we'll,
1: and and- he picked Pain and Gain. and Pain yeah. and Gain and G.I. Joe
0: Retaliation. Oh, yeah. So, Which definitely I actually... a a a hard swip, shift from uh Italian harm. but, you yeah. know,
1: curious. I have not seen G.I. Joe Retaliation, so I'm curious to see that one.
0: It's actually pretty decent. Um, you know, everybody was pissed off because it, it does something in like the opening act that erases the first movie, but oh, You man. know, the rest of it's fine. Yeah, a rock double feature. Yeah. So, So, all right, on that note, I will say have a good one, buddy. See you later.